Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network. And let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. With our first clip here in the Best Up, how can we not start with it? The Michigan Wolverines, the number one seed in the college football playoff. And we have Michigan alum Martin Weiss on Extra Points discussing his thoughts on this playoff. One person on this very podcast was clamoring and asking why Georgia remained number one throughout this entire time period as they were struggling through the first halves of Tennessee Martins and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I believe I was even doing a podcast with Tiana. And I was like, dang, she's going to hate me because I'm taking shots at her favorite team. But you know what? All of this tomfoolery has ended with the idea that we now have a, a undefeated power five conference champion out of the, out of the running. Out of the running. Just, they can't win it. Meanwhile, Oklahoma lost to Oklahoma State, and they that's the team that beat Texas, and Texas is still in. So, I mean, I get that Texas beat Alabama. Ultimately, they want to have this confusion and anger and, and so discord among college football fans. That's the whole point. That's why there's only four, because if they wanted it to make sense, what they would have done a long, long time ago is have five outright bids for all Power Five conferences and then three at large, make it a pool of eight. And if you want to give the first two guys buys of the top rated teams buys, but like the idea you win your conference, you can't play for a national title is silly. This is super weird. What, what you're talking one, one more thing. That's the, that, right. that was the energy that you saw in that room as, as, as it was announced the, the fourth <laughs> team in the playoff, everybody was like, uh, it's because you know what? They felt for Jordan Travis. That's what it was. It was all emoting for Florida State because they didn't get the opportunity that they should have gotten. I hear you on all that. Um, I I do think that, you know, what <laughs> you said. No, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. Stop. There's the no best way. To, I disagree with you. The people that are upset about Florida State not getting in are Florida State fans and Michigan fans. And that's no, it. Nobody else that huh. really watches college football is upset. No, I mean, I think it's Tiana just, hits on the interesting uh, point, though, about the mercy rule. And I do think and, you know, uh, Martin, you've heard me talk about this ad nauseum that as a man of justice, it doesn't mean I what I think is going to be the most entertaining uh, matchup. And so I do think I don't think there's a conspiracy afoot among the committee talking to network partners and so on. I don't think they're thinking like, you know, a lot more people watch Nick Saban's Bama team than uh, whoever the backup quarterback is for Florida State playing and getting whipped. I do think it does allow that in the same way, this this dawned on me um, 
earlier in the week, and I was talking about this on minus three, but it's sort of like in Super Bowl 45 or the run-up into Super Bowl 45. Jay Cutler gets hurt playing uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The Packers survive that game. They go into the Super Bowl, and they win the one and only Lombardi of Aaron Rodgers' career. It got fairly close, though. Jay Cutler gets hurt. It could have been Caleb Haney and the Bears going to that Super Bowl to serve as sacrificial lamb for the Steelers. Anybody would have beaten Caleb Haney over 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it almost happened. And in a weird way, college football does have this weird little ability to fix things like, well, we know what's going to happen. We should save Florida State from themselves. I know Florida State but- wants it. I think Big Cat made the greatest point of all. That now Florida State can for all of time, we got screwed, we mm-hmm. ran the table, and the committee didn't respect us. And think about the the likely reality that would have happened to the Seminoles. You would have gotten destroyed, and then you would have been embarrassed, and then that would have been the end of your story. Now, for the, for the next six decades, you can bellyache about mm-hmm. how you got the short stick and got screwed by, by the committee, right? But, but part of the thing is the TCU argument to me falls flat because TCU won a game in the playoff last year. Yeah, that's like true. They won a game. Like, I know they got boat raced by Georgia, but here's the secret. Michigan also would have got boat raced by Georgia last year. Everybody mm-hmm. was losing to Georgia by a million. Like, it's not spe- – like, that, Georgia was different. Half of the defense now plays for the Eagles. Sticking with the biggest sports story in America right now, Mark Gunnels joins Toby Mergler on Trendy to discuss Florida State not getting in over Alabama in the four-team playoff. Mark, what did you think of the job the committee did in college football? I loved it. I loved it. I know it's going to be controversial. People are going to be mad at me. I do not care. I'm glad they had the guts to not go with the safe pick. And let's just put the undefeated team in there just because they're a power five conference. They went 13-0. and But player availability is part of their criteria as well. Missing key players. They're not going to have their quarterback one. That is not the same team. Here's how I look at it. If they had their current quarterback situation all year, are they still 13-0? Probably not. I don't know, but like, all right, I'm I'm completely on the other side of this. Like, why even kick the ball off? Why even have the season if we're going to ignore somebody who goes 13 and 0 in favor of teams that lost games? Like, how do you actually tell these kids that their games matter if they can win every single one of them, have a really hard schedule, and still not get to compete for the title? Like, I I think it's outrageous. I just, I I had a big discussion with Eddie about college football last Wednesday, and like this just like leads to the clown show aspect of it. Like, if figure skating could figure out a way to not have judges, they would not have judges. Why do we still have this committee that can make such an atrocious decision and pretend this sport is based on merit and who's actually going to be uh, who earned their way in over a thirteen game season where they took zero losses? I think it's ridiculous. Well, here's the thing: I know I'm not people that that are on your side. I, I do. I can't see both sides of the scenario. I really do. And it's us. It really is unfair to those other kids. It truly is. And I, I concede that. But at the end of the day, they want to get the best four teams out there. And I don't think with their current quarterback situation, we saw them struggle against Louisville. I don't think that team right now is better than Alabama when they just beat the best team in the country, quote unquote, in Georgia, who hasn't lost in two years. Yeah, but- well- well, let's we'll have to worry the, about this next year, right? Because it's going to be 12 teams moving Let's forward. do the Alabama Invitational. You always talk about the Arrowhead Invitational. Like, in August, say, hey, the four best teams are Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan. So that's just what it's going to be in January. We don't even need to know. Because what we're trying to do is figure out the four best teams. We already know them. 
We know them entering the season. If you can't earn your way into that, I, just, I think the whole thing is moot. Myself and Jen Piacente on waiver wire discussed Travis Kelsey not putting up very Travis Kelsey-like numbers. Is it because Taylor Swift or is it just his age? And by next year, I don't think they can continue to just lean on Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey is starting to already... Here's what I think. Trav, you're distracted. You're distracted. I'm happy for you with Taylor, but too many commercials, too many podcasts, too many surprise trips to Argentina or whatever. You got to put your team on your back right now because poor Patrick Mahomes is trying to do it by himself. I know he's not playing the best he's ever played, but most of this is on his receivers and you have got to step up because your time is limited. Um, We're seeing the decline. And the thing is, I don't think we have to see it already. I feel like it's really just distraction. But by next year, when you add that up with just the the age and the, the brutality of the position, you, I don't think Travis Kel- Travis Kelsey is not going to be a first round pick anymore, mm-hmm. and they've got to get somebody else for Mahomes. And I hope that it's someone with like you know Tiggins who would be more Tyree Kill like, or maybe like a Mike Evans, that just this like incredible veteran presence that look can even make Baker Mayfield have a solid floor. Which, by the way, guys, that's another quarterback that you could stream this week if you just want a nice solid floor. If you just need a solid floor. You can go for Baker Mayfield this week. Uh, it's a really good matchup versus Atlanta for him. So just by nature of having Mike Evans, he's probably going to get what touchdown, at least one touchdown. Yeah, and 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 to your uh, your Kelsey point, and I was thinking about this too. Is it's like I think it is a combination of everything you said. I think starting off the year with a with an injury, it probably lingered. Mm-hmm. Being, uh, I mean, the guy went from a, a very popular NFL player, but but by no means where he is now. Like, I mean, he he's as famous as you know any NFL quarterback as a you know Brady, a, a Manning, a Mahomes. Now he's on that level, and then like all the extra media stuff he's doing and the commercials. Like, I do think his interests now are elsewhere. He knows he's getting up there in age, but then he still had a bunch of weeks where he was great. So I'm like, maybe the defenses still just can't stop him. But even with like Pacheco playing better and Rasheed Rice, like I mentioned, playing better, like usually when he like, I thought that he would be able to feast if those guys are actually performing and he's not. So I do think it is just, it just, you know, uh, it's, it's father time. Like that's, it always happens. It happens to every NFL player. And then it like just a combination of their other stuff. So I, I'm with, you. he's probably no longer a first round pick unless maybe uh, again, we're used to doing this at waiver wire. Maybe by next week through the rest of the season, he, every game is 10 plus catches, a hundred plus yards, a touchdown. And then I'll, I'll eat my plate of crow for sure. But uh, I'm right. We'll predict going forward that he'll, he'll be fine. Um, in terms of tight ends, but I don't think uh, I, I don't I think the days of him being this dominant force are pretty much over. And I think it's also a wake up call to the entire Chiefs and to uh, Andy Reid and to change their offense because the whole Mahomes can cover up the flaws and we don't need Tyree Kill is probably not looking great. Besides, I mean, I guess you could say you want a Super Bowl, but again, to sustain this for a long period of time, uh, they're going to make some changes and you gave the best suggestion, which is go get Evans or go get T Higgins. I mean, to be fair, Travis Kelsey still has more points than any other tight end. But the the thing is, it's not enough of a difference mm-hmm. to make up for the round that you gave up to take him. So in half point PPR, at least he has 146 points. So does TJ Hawkinson. And you got Hawkinson three rounds later. Right. Sam Laporta has 140 points. Yeah. And you got him in round 13. That's a big win for our podcast here. George Kittle. 128. Mark Andrews, who isn't still even playing, mm-hmm. 112. Cole Komet, 106. Jake Ferguson, 102. Evan Ingram, Trey McBride. These picks were all free. 
So, you know, it's just something to think about. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured... It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Kenny Pickett, Mad Canada, or is it something else? Steelers beat writer Mark Abali joins Dave Damashek on Minus 3 to discuss why the Steelers are fighting for their playoff lives instead of being on top of the AFC North like some had. Okay, we can do that now. We can see the finish line here and kind of project out. Yeah, I do think they're going to get to 10 wins. You are really down in the dumps about this team. So let's blame assess here. It is a roller coaster and a, a, a gentle one at that. This ain't exactly the uh, the steel curtain for uh, 
Kennywood enthusiasts out there. I'm trying to think of a, a more national roller coaster uh, outlet. But anyway, yeah, this is a more gentle in its uh, undulations this year, even in success, 16 wins against the Joe Burrowless Bungles team. And there was a a, a civic uh, parade just about for for what the offense looked like posting, like I say, those 16 points. Now you lose to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so it's a little bit of still of a roller coaster here at seven and five. Blame assess for me. Is this about the roster overall? Is this a coaching issue specifically, you know, on one side of the ball or the other overall, or is it, and I'm going to remove when I say overall roster, I'm going to isolate just the QB since it is still the QB league blame assess for me. What, why is this team not achieving what the people who had, who were leaning more um, optimistic in, you know, late August, what, what, what is the reason why they have not achieved what, those thought they might those well, people think, include me by the way too i think we overestimated how they how good they were going to be because of what we saw in in august i think that's problem number one we thought they were going to be that team that went uh, you know five touchdown drives five touch uh five touchdown throws by kenny pickett in the preseason we thought that's what this team was going to be we were looking at some of the guys omar khan was bringing in and saying yeah this is a deep roster but I mean, we tend to get fooled by just some names here and there of what who they were able to bring in. They're still flawed in some areas here, and I think that's the number one problem. I, uh, overall I depth. The number one issue yes. then is overall uh, roster. I think depth. it's I think it's talent in certain locations. I think they're just first of all, it's quarterback. If the quarterback played better from start from the jump, they'd probably have nine wins, right? I would think. I think he, I mean, he was been awful, number one. Um, I don't know if you're going to blame that Matt Canada, but they haven't looked much better here, at least against Arizona as well. So um, I think that's probably a, right. Definitely it, it took, true took, in the Cleveland, at Cleveland game. I don't want to tick through them one by one, but yeah, while, I think that's right. It took him a while to get the uh, run game going. Uh, that probably took him longer than they were expected. Martin Weiss and Mark Gunnels have some words for Coach Big Dom on the Eagles and say why this problem starts at the top with Nick Sirianni. I don't give a damn what Dom DeSanto's job was or what he means to the Philadelphia organization. You can't touch the players, bro. Like, you just can't do it. Like, what are you doing on the sideline so close that an opposing team's player can somehow reach out and poke you in the nose? Like, that's your fault. I'm okay. Like if, if you, you, we've been on sidelines, if not for NFL games, for other games, the number one rule is avoid the players. There are people whose job it is to break it up. Who, if I'm Dre Greenlaw, I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm like, I saw everybody on Twitter talking about, oh, that's big dumb. That's big dumb. Ha 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 ha. That's not cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? He's a he's a legend in Philadelphia, apparently. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand why everybody's okay with, okay, everybody's okay with this, right? Or I shouldn't say everybody's okay with this, but there's a, a, a contingency of people who were like, oh, Dom DeSanto was in the right somehow. But when Devontae Adams pushes a cameraman out the way, on the way out, out of Kansas City, they charge him with assault. Like, what are we talking, like, like, 
you can't touch the players, bro. It's like going to the, a concert and walking on the stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like, what are you That's doing? Weird, weird thing. And you know what's even uh, sadder, sadder about the situation is that, that that shows how bad this game was because we we're leading with that instead of actually talking about the game that was played on the field. This is supposed to be the game of the year. Uh, <laughs> One last thing on the Dom thing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I feel like that is a direct reflection of your coach being a complete jerk. Mm. Like Sirianni is a jerk, and we see him, and I'm using the word jerk because I know that there's kids that listen to this podcast, <laughs> right? He's all tight. I mean, he is the most pretentious, like, like who are you, fanboy? Like walking off of Kansas City the way he walked off. Like he's the one. You know what it is? He's the worst winner I could, I've seen. Like he he wins in such a, a way that is just like act like you've been there before, and it just trickles down all the way across. And if Jalen Hurts wasn't like '80s R and B singer solid, like I think that we would look at this organization in a different way. That's the irony of it. Because Jalen Hurts is the complete opposite. He's like very professional at the podium. You know, shout out to Colin Cowherd. He's hat forward. Forward. He's a hat forward guy for sure. <laughs> He's not playing around. Uh, he gives the right answers. You know who would be the perfect quarterback? Well, I use perfect in a loosely mm-hmm. way here. Imagine if Baker Mayfield was a quarterback for exactly. Nick Ex- exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Like Nick Sirianni would definitely go out there and headbutt his players with yeah. no helmet on. Like what? Oh, that would be a match made in heaven. <laughs> and let's stop down for a quick break here. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. In this funny clip from Minus 3, Dave Damashek tells myself and Kevin Hanch about the funny incident he had at a sushi restaurant while trying to celebrate his wife's birthday. I went out. It was my wife's birthday, middle of the day. The bosses let her out and uh, uh, work early. And she said, you know what? 
I have time. Okay, you want to go get sushi for lunch? Let's do. Let's have, let's have a nice midweek uh, sushi to celebrate. I said, marvelous. And we went there. We sat down. Nice sushi place. Really good. Been there a bunch of times. Uh, spendy joint and all that. And I look up just after we place our order before the first batch arrives. And there's a guy sitting right up at the sushi bar, 12 feet from me. This is a, the guy is sitting there. He's a grown man, you understand. He's got a man purse hanging over him. That's whatever he wants to do with him. So I don't care. But I, don't, I, I felt obliged to mention that. Anyhow, the damning thing is he's got, he's sitting, he's sitting crisscross applesauce. Grown man in a sushi restaurant, eating his sushi. And he slid off his slippers, which remain on the floor. His slippers, by the way, not shoes. These are slippers that he has worn out to this restaurant. And is now sitting crisscross applesauce with his bare stinking feet out in the restaurant. Now, you understand a restaurant is where they serve food, right? I mean, what what, what the hell are we doing? Airplanes aren't enough. Now we're going to do it in restaurants, too. I just like the idea that he's like, Oh, should I put on shoes with laces? No, no, no. I'm going to go slippers out into public. Then he gets to the restaurant. He's like, still too confining. My my slippers. I didn't get comfy here. No, 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 no. You know what? You tweeted that picture. You didn't exit. You tweeted it. And that, that, that feeded it. That did look like a hate crime. This guy's because his feet are not just uh, in in your airspace, but they're they're on his bare feet are on a chair. Someone else is going to sit right. on. Wow. Can I tell you two other things? Um, a couple other damning things. That's right. First of all, restaurants. This has been uh, I've, I've listed this as a jerk uh, previously in other uh, jerk lists. In restaurants, here's a weird unsanitary move. At the end of the business evening, what do they do before they mop the floors clean? They take the chairs where many, many bums have sat for the last several hours, and they promptly put them directly on top of your eating space, the table. What are you putting that bum chair on the the spot where my food's going to sit tomorrow? What kind of... What, what what sense of cleanliness is that? I'm That's guessing, disgusting. You know, I'm guessing a, a an elitist like you, Sheck, a, a, a left wing elitist like you, has never worked in a restaurant. Oh, quiet down. Of True. course, I have. No, I listen. I've slung drinks. I was I was working in a raw bar where I was making drinks, but when they needed an extra hand, I would jump over into the raw bar. I could shuck a dozen oysters and have them plated for you in under a minute. That's how effective I well, was. So you so you know anyone who's worked in a restaurant knows how disgusting it is. Like once you've worked in a restaurant, you realize you're rolling the dice, even the fancy ones, like you know, the, the upscale sushi restaurant. You're like, man, that that A in the window cost them 80. Yeah, but don't taunt me with it is the point. Postscript, this same guy gets up and uh, goes into the bathroom and does not come back out for literally 20 minutes. That's how he punctuated his feet fest at the sushi house was to go make a his, deposit did he, in the did he slide his slides on to go in the bathroom or did he just walk in there barefoot? I don't know. He left, he left his entire sushi eating experience in within those four walls. Nothing came out with him, including his shoes. Now, one more thing. 
in the midst of all this, I'm belly aching about this. And I'm going to, I'm thinking about like, should I go to the front door and take Sounds the like sign? No shoes, delightful birthday, no shoes, no service sign. Should I take that and drop it, uh, drop it in his lap? And my wife says to me, like, you got to take it easy. you like, you got to remember, you don't know what other people are going through. And I'm like, I am all for that. I am the greatest empath of the 21st century, obviously. But where do I have to draw the line? Like what he's going through? What's he going through? He doesn't have he doesn't have socks. What, what what's he going through that would that would lead him to I need to give him a little bit of I, I need to give him some room. It's a, a fair's fair. And to round out this best of on trendy, Toby Mergler and Mark Gunnels discussed with the NBA having a central meeting point in Las Vegas for the in-season tournament. Will we start to see more trades happen mid-season? We've got yeah. this in-season tournament that we're both really excited about. We're down to uh, five teams and everybody's about to get on the plane to Vegas. So I was thinking yeah. about it. Do you think there's a chance that this Vegas tournament actually becomes the catalyst for increased trade activity? Is it going to turn into like what the winter meetings are for baseball, where like everybody flies into some uh, event and because they're all together, just natural conversations occur and it results in a lot of deals getting done, whether it's trades or future contracts. And like it might not be every GM in the league. It's going to be really interesting to see who's in Vegas, but it seems like there's going to be a lot of agents a lot of media, a lot of players, a lot of the shadowy figures that like move these markets. And you think we'll end up seeing more activity in January and February because of the central gathering place that really hasn't happened in seasons prior. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I mean, I've been in this, I've been at the summer league in Vegas the last couple of years and, you know, you see all the GMs together and the coaches talking, you know, with their, uh, Honolulu suits, shirts on, and tank tops out there in the hot summer of Las Vegas during the summer league, watching rookies and second year guys play. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's too far fetched to believe that because it's all about relationships you have with these guys. And you know, when you're in that environment, you know, you may have a dinner on the strip off a, a couple of cocktails and. You know, you might loosen up one of your GM buddies. You know what? I'll throw extra pick in there. Why not? <laughs> well, let's do it, man. Let's just get it done. We only live well, once. I think we were all together at the Super Bowl last year when Durant news broke. That was like a yeah. massive ripple that ripped through. I think we were all together at like a one of those like shindigs, and everybody's phone lit up at the same time. So that was interesting <laughs> to watch. Do yeah. you think that a player of you know Durant's caliber top? 5, 10, 20, wherever you're rating him these days. Do you think any player at that level will move, or do you think it might be a quieter deadline, even though we're going to have all these movers and shakers together in Sin City? Yeah, I don't see a big move of that caliber, but I think the biggest move you could see as far as the team name and a team that has won before and we're used to them winning to try to get back in contention is the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. And the player I'm looking at is Pascal Siakam. Mm -hmm. The Toronto Raptors. Um, it's been rumored for the last year or so about them potentially making that kind of move to get him. And, you know, if you make that move, you probably have to get rid of like a Chris Paul, Andrew Wiggins, who's actually from Toronto. So, you know, right. you got the hometown narrative there for him. And then maybe like get off a of Kaminga or Mo Moses Moody, you know, because I think they made a mistake by re-upping re Draymond Green. I was really surprised, honestly. I guess they were more loyal than I thought. 
I thought it was time to move on. I thought that ship has sailed, but they gave him that new contract, and it's just not. It's just not. It's just not it. It's just not at all. Uh, this team is old. Clay Thompson is not the same guy, and Steph is just playing with a bunch of guys. He's playing with me and you out there right now. So, <laughs> but they are in a position where you're still hovering around 500. You know, the 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 league is still in a transition period where I feel like if you make a move like that, you can get back in con- contention right now. But I think they had to make that move like now. Like, I don't think yeah. you can't wait until February because I think they could get too far behind in the standings to where that move wouldn't even matter for this year. So I think it's something you have to entertain in the immediate future. Well, they're drifting towards the play-in right now, and so they're yeah. plus 1,300 right now. If they were to land Siakam and say it's Wiggins and or some rotation guys, but none of the core players that would play, you know, once they shorten it for the playoffs, would you think plus 1,300 with value? Like, would you speculate on that trade now? Or do you think even with Siakam, they're not going to come anywhere close to sniffing a ring this year? So that would be throwing money away. I think it's worth a sprinkle. I think it's worth a sprinkle. Yeah. I mean, Pascal Siakam is a, what, top 20, top 25 player in the league. And if you add him, he's he's instantly your second best player. So I think that moves everybody down to where they naturally should be at at this point in their career, where Clay Thompson should be a third option. And then Draymond Green should be like your fourth or fifth best player. I I think it just kind of moves the pecking order to where it should be. So, yeah, I mean, it's worth the stab when you got Steph Curry at the head of the snake and that that championship pedigree, I I, I do think is worth it for that number. Just, you know, a little sprinkle. Uh, So last one, Mark, for you before we get to our picks. You are a massive Lakers fan. The Lakers are currently sitting at plus 1,700. Are they going to make a move? And would that move change those odds considerably enough that we should be looking at investing at it now? I really don't think they make a move, or at least not a move of significance. I know people have been floating around uh, the Zach Levine stuff. I don't see that happening whatsoever because you'll probably have to give up Austin Reeves. And I know how much they love Austin Reeves. I just don't see that happening. Maybe a smaller move with the Bulls. Maybe you bring back Alex Caruso. Yeah. That's that's probably the biggest move I could see. Uh, Bringing back him there, obviously a guy that's familiar with the Laker brand, playing with LeBron. He's a two-way guy, uh, really, really gritty, good defender. Uh, can knock down the outside shot and he could play make as well a little bit with the ball in his hands. So, and you would you would you would have to give up Austin Reeves to get uh, Alex Caruso. You wouldn't have to mess up with your core to do that. So that's probably the biggest type of move I can see for a player of that caliber. You don't think Caruso would move the odds though, right? Like plus seventeen hundred nah, is nah, where the Lakers are going to nah. sit regardless of personal yeah, health changes. Yeah, if it's a, yeah. if it's an Alex Caruso level move, yeah, for sure. I don't know. The odds wouldn't change at all. Are you holding the Lakers ticket? Be honest. Yeah. Ah, okay. All right. I was hoping you were going to say no so I can make fun of you for not backing your boys with your money as much as you do with your mouth. I definitely am, 100%. All right. Good to hear. Well, uh, Timberwolves don't really have any assets to give up. Celtics and Nuggets, I don't see making a big move. Suns don't really have another move left to be made either. So I'm fascinated to see what happens from these conversations that are going to happen over the next week uh, over blackjack tables and the corners of clubs over bottle service or wherever they might be. Hmm. But I just don't know what's going to happen. So I don't I, I wanted to have the conversation in case you had some insight. I don't feel there's a great place to speculate in the market. Uh, except for maybe on Thunder or Heat on conference odds. 
Because I just like we saw the Celtics get beat by the Pacers last night in a game that allegedly mattered, and they're the favorites in the entire league. Nuggets are struggling without Murray, and Murray has an injury that can linger. I actually feel like this is a great time to get down like middle to long shot bets, but I'm still trying to identify my favorite targets outside of player personnel or personnel what about, moves. What about Philadelphia? If they try to go out there, Zach Levine plus fourteen hundred. Plus 1400 Would you make a move on that? Do you think Levine actually makes them worthy of, of your dollars to win the title? Not just, you know, compete for it. You play the conference odds if you want on that. But to actually win the title with Levine, I'm not sure I see it. And the thing is, how do they get Levine without giving up Tyrese Maxey? Is that a world where they can do that? Maybe a three-team trade? Well, I I would have to really think about that, but yeah. there's no world in which they acquire Levine for Maxi. Maxi is better than right. Levine yeah, and yeah. on a wildly better contract. Oh yeah. So sure. it would it would have to be something else. It would have to be Levine um you know forcing a move, doing the sulking thing that NBA players have gotten really yeah. good at, and the Bulls mainly wanting to get off his contract. So I don't know what the Sixers have for Cap Gristle, but it'll like, probably have to be something Tobias like that. Harris. Some future picks. Yeah, there you go. Tobias Harris, future pick, a swap, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, outside of that, I don't really see. I mean, I heard Miami may be interested in Levine as well, but I just don't know. I mean, this is hero, does that get it done and some things, maybe. I don't know. Well, the other way to look at it, is there a single team in the league that could reasonably acquire Levine, like has any assets at all, but would actually change their championship odds? And I yeah. think the answer to that is zero. I'm not sure any team that acquires him and gives up, you know, the minimum amount to get him actually suddenly like makes a Durant-esque move where the Suns were, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was something yeah. like they moved from like minus 3,000 to minus 600 the day after that trade. I don't well, see don't, anything like that possibly happening. You don't think, well, you said the Heat are 3,500 right now. If the 3,500. If he got Levine, I think that number would definitely come down some, right? Yeah, it just wouldn't, they wouldn't suddenly be a top four favorite. No, 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 not at all. Not yeah, because I mean, like Levine is a little bit duplicitous to buckets in the playoffs. Like you're talking about yeah. a guy you can throw the ball to and get a score. They got uh, Jimmy in that role already, and Levine ain't doing much defensively, which is what really matters against like the Nuggets and the Celtics of the world when those yeah. games tighten up. Yeah, no, I agree. 